Hey, what up, y'all? It's your girl Vivica A. Fox here, and welcome to my podcast show, Hustling with Vivica A. Fox. Ooh, y'all, I got a beauty queen up in here for y'all today. She's a celebrity makeup artist turned CEO who I've been friends with for over 20 years. She's a certified lady boss who started a makeup revolution and changed the way millions of women apply their makeup. That started with an iconic little egg. Yes, she's a wife, mom, glamour, a fearless businesswoman who created the uber successful global beauty brand called Beauty Blender. Please welcome to Hustling with Vivica A. Fox, my girl, Miss Rianne Silva. Hey, Rianne. Hey, Viv. How you doing, babe? Girl, I am surviving. I'm surviving, girl. Waiting for this corona. I'm ready. <laughs> I, I, I'm getting stir crazy. I'm, I'm going to let you know that I'm getting a little stir crazy. Ooh, I'm back out alone. there. Okay. Oh, my God. How are you surviving this, <sighs> you know, quarantine thing? How's the family? Oh, my God, Viv. Well, I'll tell you, like, I'm, I'm up here on this hill. I'm in my house. I'm very grateful. Everybody is healthy. <laughs> Everybody is surviving. You know, I've got my daughter in her house with my glam baby. My son came home from Howard because he was on spring break and never went back. So Cruz is here. And it's like me and two men up in this house. I feel like a little disadvantaged at times because we're all getting a little testy. Uh Um, (laughs) Uh-oh. You know they said that that's happening during quarantine, child, that everybody like, now wait here. Now hold up. I ain't used to you being around this much. So Right. Well, you know, I'm usually, I'm traveling so much with my business. So this is really, and I know you do too, Viv. We are always seeing, we meet in airports more than anywhere. But, you know, it's like I'm not used to being home this much. And there's definite benefits to it. I'm working out more. I'm getting good sleep. Mm-hmm. I have, as of January, I stopped drinking because it was like one of those New Year's things that I was going to start that I never no. am successful with. I'm never successful with them. But for some reason, I think it's the lockdown. I've been like, pre- and, and the lack of travel. So I've been able to like work out a little bit. I've been able to not drink. I've been cooking at home. And I mean, it's kind of like turning into like a health and wellness retreat for me in some ways. Well, now look here, you just the opposite of everybody else, because I don't know if you saw that, but they was going past and they was going past like recycling bins at people's house. I saw this on TV and they were like, well, look here, the alcohol sales have spiked. And they showed all these people with like just wine and, and, and bottles of empty wine, everything like that. And you stopped drinking? Girl, you know, that's me normally, oh. but I just, I, you know what it is, honestly, you know, running my business has kept me busy for over, you know, 10 years now. I have, I, I started out Beauty Blender with a, view, a virtual business because I was still doing um, on-set makeup for film and television and people like yourself. And so I had to be at work and running my business. So my business started out virtually and it grew into kind of still a virtual business. I have an office in LA, New York, and in Pennsylvania. So I, for the last 10 years, have been constantly doing this triangular travel pattern around. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that because I can't travel, I'm able to actually really focus. And because let's just keep it real, Viv, the stores aren't open, people aren't shopping, you yeah. know, it, or they're, they're shopping differently, I should say. I have more time to focus. So I think that's the only thing that's in mm. my favor right now. Well, girl, the look, well, me and you got a difference because happy hour starts at my house at 3 p.m. every day. <laughs> 
So let's let's let everybody know. You know, let's let's take them back down memory lane because okay, you know we've it. known each other and worked with each other for a very long years. time for years before now you had just become this uber successful uh, beauty guru. But the first oh. time that we met and worked together was on the Coke Classic. Set it off. Yes, set it off, F. Gary Gray. I think it was 1996 is when I met you. You were just coming off of Independence Day and you yep. were like a hot chick in town, Black Barbie. <laughs> yes. And you were the head of, depart- of the department for set it off, right? Yeah, yeah. Gary, Gary, I had met him back in my, you know, I started makeup and music videos when MTV Revolution was going on and, and music videos were really hot and there was no union, so there was no policing of anything. We made really good money, but we worked like crazy, crazy, crazy crazy people. And I had met F. Gary Gray and he was like, man, I got this movie. Well, the first one was Friday. And then the second movie he got was Set It Off. And I department headed Friday and it turned out great. So he brought me on to Set It Off and I met you. Yes. Gosh, do you remember that the last six weeks of Set It Off that we filmed at night? Ooh, girl, that was oh, That was so rough, child, honey. I, I told people we turned into vampires because I, it took a while. Like I had to, I remember I was living in a condo in Inglewood up to no good. And I would have to make sure that I like had the blinds and everything down because we would work from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. So imagine working these long hours all night. You're tired and you naturally your body wants to go to sleep. But for me, it was so difficult to go to sleep during the day and then get up and go to, you know, and then when it was over to readjust to like, oh, okay, I'm supposed to sleep, not during the day, you know? Right. No, it was terrible. I remember that one night out on the black asphalt, you were having like, I can't remember the scene if it was like just a meltdown or if you were dying. I, I was dying. I was dying. I was dying on that. And when you was, brought up that asphalt, I remember that, honey. I had girl, to, it was, it was I had to lay on that cold floor. It was you and me and just the kid. There was nobody there. We we were we were both dying. You were dying on camera. I was dying <laughs> off camera. <laughs> but, you know, so from there, we then, I just remember just, I just, I fell in love with you. I mean, first of all, honey, baby, Miss Rianne can beat like no other. Okay. So I'm gonna oh. let y'all know besides set it up, you know, I played Frankie and that wasn't a super glamorous thing, but you. No, but let me tell you that it, it was difficult because I had to make you down. Do you know what I'm saying? Because you were so gorgeous. Like I had to make you look down and regular <laughs> and through the continuity of the movie as as the stress and everything progressed i had to make you look tired and beat down. i mean it was a different type of skill that you need to have for that. girl i'm sure by the end i had dark circles that worked for the character <laughs> i just well, and, and, and i got great. my practice on friday doing angela means you know uh, yeah. bye felicia, felicia. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So we another beautiful, another beautiful girl I had to make down. Exactly. We've all seen the headlines in the news of how someone lost her life in an act of cold-blooded murder. And while it's sad and grabs your attention, most people go on with their day without giving it another thought. But have you ever stopped to think about the life of the person at the center of the news story? They were more than just a headline or a statistic. They were someone's loved one or friend. I'm Mike Morford, and my podcast, The Murder of My Family, dives into some of those stories to help listeners get to know the person who was lost and how their death affected those closest to them. Listen to The Murder of My Family everywhere you listen to podcasts. There are well over 100 episodes to binge on now. 
Hi, this is Rachel Yucatel, and I'm here to invite you to listen to my podcast, Misunderstood with Rachel Yucatel. This podcast delves into the lives of those who have been reduced to a single headline. Each episode will take a closer look at the stories of those who are on a mission to change their narrative. Join me as we uncover the truth behind the misconceptions, shed light on the stories of those who have perhaps been wrongfully portrayed, explore the complexities of the human experience, and celebrate the power of second chances. Who doesn't love a good comeback story? To my listeners, I'm going to let y'all know some iconic moments that I've had with Rianne because I'm very loyal and and love working with people who, you know, I have good relationships with because they know if I'm in a good mood or bad mood, if I'm in love, if I'm not in love. But Rianne made me up. Y'all remember that moment when I stepped out at the MTV Awards with, you know, who? We gonna bring him up, but I was I was fabulous, honey. I stopped. We stopped. The, we stopped the world with that moment. With that great. Oh my god. Well, I that had, that is the evidence, Vivica, of what love will do to a woman. Like you were in love, and you looked like you were in love. Your body was on point. Your face, yes. everything. I know. We even put like green contacts in your eyes. Yes, that day. honey. And then wait, I mean, didn't you suggest the touch of blue in my hair? Yes, yes. Yes, and you was like, yeah, you should just put like nobody was doing that back yes, then. I know, honey. Now they're wearing all blue hair, okay? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, those were those were some roller coaster moments for sure. We've had yes. a few. Do you re- uh, now, you know, I've been I've been there for some of your most important moments sometimes. Yes, free and I was about to share that with people <laughs> give me for my wedding too, okay? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. So you, oh, we yeah. Went from, wait a minute, we did we went from the wedding, which was amazing, didn't last long. <laughs> <laughs> but that was okay. My wedding was fabulous. We were in style magazine. Oh no. All that in a bag of chips, honey. Honey, it was a beauty moment. This was a beauty revolution. Okay. It was awesome. Your wedding was everything. Yeah, I had, you know, and this is what I tell people. I don't regret the wedding at all. I had my Cinderella moment. Uh, we, I yes. drove up in a carriage. My girls were in carriages. I mean, it was, it was fabulous. That big staircase, which I thought yes. you were going to fall down and break your neck, but you, you did. You did? Well, it was just treacherous with the dress and everything. Yeah, but you know what? Believe it or not, my dress was by Escada. I made sure that the way that I had the dress cut, that I it was that so I could get up the stairs and not trip on it. Like I didn't have the super uh, Princess Diana 20 long foot train and that type of deal. Like it was cut so that, you know. It was but, my nervous mama jeans, okay? It was, it was but I, and I didn't fall, y'all. I didn't fall. No, I you didn't. didn't. <laughs> But then you you did my wedding, you did my mesh dress uh, for when I, you know, at the MTV Awards, like. Oh, my God. So many things. You remember Glam Gods? Do you remember yes. we did Glam Gods? Girl, honey, we <laughs> was killing them with Glam God. Because what was great is that we always had a different theme, like each show, right? Oh, it was so much fun. We yeah. would we would just collaborate on looks. It's so much fun when you can do that with hair, makeup, wardrobe, and just come up with like a total, you know, look. Like exactly. very curated. And then very we did curated. the cover of Heart and Soul magazine. I love that picture. I'm going to be posting Girl, we did Essence. We did so much. It's so we crazy really to think of how much we did in 20 years. And I regret that my business started taking off, but you have always looked amazing. You know what you want. You that's the one thing about you Viv that you always know how 
to position yourself, like the way you look, your hair, and and you won't let people try you otherwise unless we're doing some experimental stuff. But you always sure. know. That's why, you know, even after working with me, you had a series of really great people that continue to make you look amazing. And we're going to get to that. We're going to talk about because I want you to give advice to other makeup artists about when you work and you're personal for celebrity mark uh for a, a celebrity and you're their personal but let's go back let's go back a little bit more y'all so y'all know me and Rian, child, she was in my wedding she didn't wedding she did mtv she did all of that how did you start how did how did you become a makeup a makeup artist, artist? yes well i I went to FIDM because I thought I wanted to be a fashion designer, but okay. I, I kind of, uh, I kind of realized once I was at the school, like, like most kids that go to college, once you're there, you realize, oh, maybe I don't want to do this. I really want to do <laughs> something else. Yeah. So what, what I really wanted to do at that school, I discovered was fashion illustration because I was an artist. I used to draw a lot and paint. Really? Yeah. As a kid. And so that really resonated with me. So, uh, I was you know, in downtown Los Angeles, going to FIDM, I was the first time out on my own and I needed to get a job. So my mom took me to a department store and I ended up getting a a job at a department store, perfume modeling, which is totally non-related at this point, but it turned turned into me meeting people in the makeup department. So I met, I met some people at the makeup department and I just realized really quickly that I had a a skill to be able to apply those kind of like art concepts onto a face. So I was able to do makeup. So I ended up getting a job uh, with a makeup brand and doing makeup there. And I ended up realizing really quickly that there was a ceiling on the amount of money I was going to be able to make. So um, I was in the land of Lala. I was in Hollywood and I thought, what better place for me to practice or, or my skills as a makeup artist? I need to be doing it in production. But the, the thing about what I found out is, you know, wanting to do film and TV uh, makeup artistry is really difficult because you have to be in a union. But there was this thing called music video that MTV had started and music mm-hmm. video was unregulated. It was non-union. So I, you know, just set out in my in my journeys in life, girl, you know how, how it is. You go out at night, you meet people. I ended up meeting people that were either like managing artists or working at record labels mm-hmm. and or photographers. And I ended up just, you know, test shooting, getting a book together. And the rest is history. Like I met people that took a chance on me and gave me some opportunities to work. And then those jobs became popular, very much like Set It Off. I mean, when we did Set It Off, we didn't know how, we didn't know 24 years later, Ooh. 25 years later, we're going to be sitting here talking about it being a cult classic. I know. I mean, that, that was like the same with some of the music videos I did. And can so, I tell you, people come to me all the time and they're like, I'm going to tell you, I got like the the, 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 the Set It Off too. And I said, honey, <laughs> we got Okay, in case y'all didn't know that, they killed us. Okay, right. Unless they didn't bring us back in a week before, we're not coming back. And I just said, had we known that it would become this massive hit cult classic, like I'll never forget back in the day when we opened up at like 10 million for that little bitty movie, everyone was like breaking out, like, oh my God, you're killing, set it off. And we ended up grossing like $40 million, like 
what was that over like 20 overnight. years ago and yeah. it was great people were going nuts for this film and they still do and I wonder then that it's like you know had we known it was going to be so big and we could have did a sequel but I think Maybe it's they, great. they would have rewrote the ending a little different but it may not have been a cult, <laughs> it may not have been a cult classic exactly because it's kind of like the sadness and tragedy of how it all ended in the end that made people be like damn you know yeah I want so, more leave them wanting yeah. more you know, that's what people have got to learn about movies. Leave them wanting more. A cult classic, if you've done it, that because, you know, I get people all the time. Y'all should do it. No, baby, we did it. Now, leave us alone. You know and don't nobody else try to remake it. We did it. You know what I was trying to remember, Viv? Do you remember that movie we did with Peter Bogdanovich? <gasps> do you remember that? What yeah. was that damn movie? I mean, he oh was like God. such an oh, epic, epic he was. director. It was uh, with, with David Allen Greer. Uh, a saintly switch was it? And we switched. No, was it a saintly switch? Because we did that in Toronto. Oh. I know that, but we did this other one with Peter Bogdanovich, and yes. I just remember like and David Allen Greer. I, I that was, was the moment I respect. No, it wasn't the one with David Allen Greer. I'm gonna look it up, but okay. I had mad respect for you. Was like my girl Vivica. You know, here is Peter Bogdanovich, like the yeah, you know, like yes. director of directors, and like you know pinky in the thumb like and you were like no I'm not doing this I'm not this is I'm not compromising my my yeah. ethics I'm not compromising that's why I don't think it was David Allen Gray because that was a pretty like you know yes G- but G- I, G- movie yes it was but there was I think there was a scene oh it, well, the it was scene something was, but I was look back putting... I was like go Viv you're a boss Peter Bogdanovich was like what yeah I'm talking about yeah. I love hey, it. You know, I have a philosophy. You, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall yes. for anything. Okay. All right. All right. It served you well. No doubt. So you, over the years, you've worked with some amazing people, y'all. I'm going to tell y'all, besides this beauty blender thing, honey, mama can break out some receipts on you. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> honey, mama has worked with Brandy, Eve, Tupac, Dr. Dre, and of course, moi. <laughs> Diddy, Whitney. Go on, tell them, girl. Tell them. Tell them. Tony, the receipts, all of them. No, so many. I actually forget. And you know what's really, like, unfortunate about the era that I was working in? Mm-hmm. Um, I was a very, very, very busy makeup artist. I remember, you know, counting four years and having, like, four days off in all of those four years. I mean, working like my fingers to the bone. But I think part of what kept me so popular at the time, there was no internet, right? There was no uh, selfies. There was no Instagram or anything like this. We're going back. I'm dating myself, but it's okay. (laughs) But, um, But I think, you know, one of the things that I regret is that I didn't take a lot of pictures because my agents would always tell me, you're not a fan, Rianne. Don't ask for a picture. Don't ask for an autograph. You know, wear black and slide to the back. Do your job. And right. Shut your mouth and you'll get asked back. And that's how you're going to make money. And so that's kind of the philosophy that me and a lot of my peers from that time have. And um, I wish I would take more pictures, girl, because oh. now everything is a picture. It really is. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? It, it's almost a dang on photo shoot. Are you kidding me? You got to get the right angles. You got to get this. You got to get that. You got to be camera ready at all times. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how we're all once this is over going to go back to being normal because, look, I'm just going to let everybody know this. I was not one of them celebrities that when this is all going down, it's like, oh, let's do the non-glam thing. Uh-uh. No. 
no, 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 uh-uh. uh-uh, no, got to, got to, got to still be fine. Okay. Image is everything. So it is. that's true. It's true too. I mean, it is. Man, they got the receipts now. Yes, child. So, but I'm sure everybody go back because the makeup world and everything has, has exploded. So do you miss being um, um a makeup artist? You know, I do. I really do miss it. The, where, I, where I miss it the most is like around award season when I see, mm. you know, all of my friends. Because award season is when makeup artists really get their shine. Because, you know, the, the publications, the magazines, yes. the blogs and all that stuff are always looking for what we do. And, um, you know, seeing everybody out there doing their best work. I know they're having fun. Those are the times I miss it. I also miss it when I see my friends like you and other friends like Regina Hall and other clients that I work with over the years doing these amazing movies that I can't do anymore. But in the end, I have to say, um, running my business and the kind of satisfaction that I get from doing this different kind of work that I do now is really rewarding. I don't miss the long hours. Oh. I don't miss lugging my dead body around. I would call my kid my dead body <laughs> because it's like, not only am I lugging my physical dead body around, but I'm also lugging this kit that has everything known to mankind in it. And, you know, everybody would say, oh, you can edit down, make it smaller. If you know you're doing something like for Viv, uh-uh. you know everything she likes. But that one time I do that is the time Vivica will be like, hey, Rianne, let's try this and then I don't have right. to do it. So I got I got traumatized a couple times by that happening to me on jobs. <laughs> I always carried everything and it was you so did. you can ask I'm gonna let you guys know this. You can ask Rianne for anything. She'd be like, oh give me a second. Boom. Here she comes <laughs> back with it. I mean you just are the bomb. I mean, baby from the, Thank you. the eyes. I mean just you're just the best. So you don't do makeup at all anymore now? Well, I do, you know, and thank you for saying that, but I think, you know, one of the things that I was really uh, noted for in my career through like magazines like Essence and other uh, magazines that I would work with and do covers with on a regular basis is my skin tone and being able to create like really beautiful, natural canvases for these beautiful actors. And so what I've done with Beauty Blender, I created Beauty Blender. I was uh, the department head on this show called Girlfriends, which you guys might know, Uh with um, Tracy Ellis Ross, Jill Jones, Golden, uh, Golden. Oh my God, I can't remember. I love Golden. I'm having a brain fart. Um, but anyway, that show was the first show being broadcast in high def before everything was filmed. So we had to work differently, and that's where I created Beauty Blender to solve those problems because it created really natural skin textures, and so. That's what created Beauty Blender. But then Beauty Blender, you know, became this global brand. And I was finally able as a makeup artist to, you know, create a line of cosmetics, actual foundation. So now I get to do makeup. I get to go into stores. We are sold in Sephora worldwide. We're sold in Ulta and we're sold in a million different places that I get to go and visit as the founder and do color matching and do makeup. So it's a different world for me now, Viv. It's not Mm -hmm. celebrity onset and all of the fantastic conversations and situations that you get to be in when you're a celebrity makeup artist, but it's really, really rewarding. And I I do get to do makeup and I do love it. So it's okay. So, but quick question. So I couldn't give you a call and be like, Rianne, I need you. I, I 
I have to have your eyes. I, I have to have your touch that if I got on my knees and said, I mean, every once in a while, do you do a celeb here and now and then? Or it's like, no, I'm just. Well, no. Viv, you know, you always could. <laughs> Want to make sure that there's, ever, very, ever. there's very few people <laughs> that could at this point because um, my schedule the, these days is except for right now with coronavirus and all yeah. of us being under quarantine. But on a normal, regular, you know, circumstance, my schedule is really like thought out and planned out every quarter, yeah, so three schedule. months in advance. So you would have to book me to do something long term, like a TV okay. show or a movie three to six months in advance so I could clear my schedule to do it. Okay. Uh, in case so that's like what a wonderful really man fun. comes in my life one day and I need to have you do me for my for my wedding, my second marriage. Oh, I, that I could do. That, that, is, that is a single day. That is okay, single good. Day. Just in case that happens, Lord, I'm putting it I out in the universe. I hope that happens. Oh, my God, Viv, have we changed our tune? You no. Are you kidding? I wish, girl. I'm, I'm, I'm very happily single. I'll be all right. But uh, to listeners out there, though, I still am taking applications, fellas. So, <laughs> so let's talk. So before it's all about the love, Viv. It's the falling in love. It's that whole part of it. That's great. It is. So I mean, you're when when before I'm gonna take you back a little bit too. Um, before becoming this uber successful uh, beauty girl that you've become with Beauty Blender, you were a single parent making a living as a makeup artist. Do you remember, because I know, but just to tell our listeners how like back then, like you said, when you figured out as a makeup artist, I'm not making the kind of money that I want to make. Do you remember that time, what that was like for you? That then one day you said something clicked and you were like, I've got to do more than this. Yeah. Well, you know, survival is a great motivator, right? I know that's right needing to have a roof over your head. And when you have a child, you suddenly need more than mustard and champagne in your refrigerator. <laughs> so, you know, it, you know, survival is a great way of, of motivating you to think outside of your normal boxes. And, and that's exactly what happened. And that's, you know, for me, like I was saying, uh, going from a retail environment into music video, the next challenge or the next um, phase of that evolution and maturity for me was really now that I had a child and I was suddenly single, you know, mm. thinking and knowing how many hours I, I told you a little while ago about the hours on music videos. I mean, you would work 24 hours and, oh. and I would have videos lined up every day. So it was very, very challenging for me to have a, a young daughter and to be working all those hours, but I really had no choice. I had to, I had to work. I couldn't depend on, you know, whether or not, you know, my daughter's father was, you know, complying that month or not complying or what I just had to, I learned very quickly that I had to focus on me and I had to, you know, worry about what I could do. And so the next thing for a makeup artist like myself at the time who was doing non-union work was to consider being in the union. And the reasons for being in the union were for the sake of protection and yes. consistency. Because the unions would protect us, making sure we were always getting paid, making exactly. sure we were, we were working healthy hours. And if yep. we weren't working hours, that we were getting paid because we weren't working healthy hours. I mean, there were certain things that were very attractive to me about becoming a union uh, makeup artist. And that's 
when I did Friday with F Gary Gray, with, mm-hmm. with Gary, that movie brought me into the union so I could do your movie, set it off. And I, you know, I always thank him, you know, to this day for really having my back and making sure that I could get into the union because it's not an easy thing. It's a catch 22. You need union hours to get in the union, but you can't get union hours if you're not in the union. So it's like, how do you do that? It's tough. So, it is. On, on a job like, uh, like Friday that started off as a non-union movie and went union while we were shooting, I was able to um, get all of the hours that I needed to qualify to be in the union. And, you know, for me at the time, I was still really heavily into music video and I loved music video because it was super creative for me. Um, but I needed that stability for my daughter. And what I kept hearing from my other friends that I had met along the way that were in the union, they were like, look at the only difference is it's like going to Disneyland and you get the full access pass. It's like, you're able now to continue to do what you're doing creatively, but you're able to now also introduce some stability and protection and consistency into your, into your work, you know, and, and it may not have been, you know, the union uh, rates may not have been paying like what we were making a music video, but everything is open to negotiation. So if, if you wanted to make more money and, and I thank you, my God, my goddess Vivica Fox, because you you protected me as well. When your actor goes to bat for you and says, I'm not doing this movie unless you hire my people, it makes it easier for me then to negotiate a higher rate, which in turn helps the whole uh, process, the whole reason why you're doing it. So, But you didn't just settle though, because you could have been like, hey, I'm good. I'm in the union. I'm working with the celebs. I'm doing this. And in the midst of that, you're, you're getting comfortable. Here comes the idea of Beauty Blender. Mm. How did that happen? Well, it's really crazy. I think I just mentioned about uh, Girlfriends was one of the shows that um, I got, Mm you know, the department head uh, position on. And it, again, was being shot in high def and broadcast in high def. And no other shows have been doing that. So for me, it was a real creative challenge if you if you kind of get a theme here, I need to be creatively active and I need to have a challenge. And that was like the perfect show for that. I didn't think when I created this tool for high def that Mm -hmm. it was going to be a global consumer product. I knew I was thinking very much as a makeup artist and down, down the line, I knew all of my makeup artist friends were going to very soon be having the same challenges when working in high definition. Mm -hmm. So if I could figure out a way to do corrective makeup, make people look beautiful and like they're not wearing makeup with actual skin texture, if I could figure that out, hey, I might be able to make a little supplemental income on the side because even though, okay, let me Mm -hmm. just say this, even though I was just telling you that getting into the union gives you stability, there is still a ceiling there pretty much in the union you can make, you know, and, and at this time, by this time, you know, years have passed now. My daughter's in a private school. It's expensive as hell. Okay. And again, still not, you know, I just don't trust other people and especially in the situation I was with her father at the time, I knew I had to be able to um, be able to do whatever I needed to do on my own and whatever 
I got from him was just like icing on the cake. Um, I needed to make some supplemental income. So I thought, oh my God, this is a perfect opportunity. If everybody's going to be shooting in high def, I'm going to make this little sponge Mm. and sell it to all my makeup artist friends and they're going to love it. And that's exactly what happened. But what I didn't think was going to happen is that once they all started to love my little invention, Mm -hmm. um, that they were giving them to their sisters, their mothers, their friends. And it started to then become, I started hearing these little rumblings of like, can you sell in this store or can you become a consumer product, which was a whole other idea that I never thought about. Like, how Mm -hmm. do I educate a normal person who never pays anything for a sponge to now spend $20 on this thing? How am I going to tell them why it's better, why it works, why it's not a gimmick? I mean, there were so many other challenges. It's like taking one step at a time, walking through the journey of your life, right? So I got the one step, I got the show. Second step, I created the tool. Third step was like, oh my God, it's going to become a consumer product. And what do I have to do? And that's when it slowly started to whittle away into my makeup artistry business, because I had to start, you know, making choices. Like, is this job that I'm doing for zero money with mm-hmm. somebody that I may never see again, worth taking away six, seven, eight hours of my time that I could be, de- you know, devoting to planning the growth of my business. So I had to make these choices. It's like, you know, you love to do the makeup, but you know, what is the, the future is jumping like? off, right? <laughs> right. So, what's, what's the future looking like? You know, I, I had made a promise to myself too, Viv. I don't know if I ever told you this, but I promised myself and I made a, uh, you know, a, a prayer to God that, um, you know, Lord, please, uh, at 50 years old, I don't want to be sitting in this trailer on the back lot of Paramount. If you mm. want me to be here, I will be here, mm. but I'm going to do everything in my power so that I can be in control of my time and be doing what I want to do and being financial, financially free because financially free means freedom in your life. And so that was, you know, that was as a woman, that was really my goal. And especially as a single parent at that time, I'm not a single parent anymore, but yes, very happily married to Rory. Yes. 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 I love it. Many years. So let's, Let's every, let everybody know about the business thing. So you made sure that it was, um, what would you say, how did you come up with the name for Beauty Blender? Um, well, I literally just looked at what it did and it okay. blended out, it blended out your makeup flawlessly. And, you know, right. there was this idea of using this damp sponge, which nobody was using wet tools. They were using all dry tools. Mm-hmm. And um, it just like, it just hit me like blending foundation, blending makeup, blending beauty, blending, it makes you beautiful. Like I went through this whole like exercise and I was like, uh-huh. oh, beauty, beauty blender. blender. It, <laughs> it blends your beauty. That's what it does. So then you get the name and then you make sure that you got it. Copyright, right? Copy. Co- what do you call it? The lessons we learn on this journey. Okay. <laughs> The lessons we learned. Look, I am a makeup artist. I'm not a business person. I did not go to the Wharton School of, you know, business. So I made a lot of mistakes along the way. But, Mm -hmm. you know, for everybody that's listening, embrace your mistakes because they are learning opportunities. Don't beat yourself up. Walk away learning something. And one of the things that I learned along the way was, yes, I was smart enough. I knew I had to protect 
this idea. So I went to an attorney and, um, I, you know, I, I didn't know how to find like the best attorney at the time. Now I can tell you, like, I know how to find all the best people, but at the time (laughs) I, you know, I went to this attorney and I think he retired in the middle of my project (gasps) kind of like, it was just really poorly handled my whole um, application for a patent. And I do have trademarks, but I ended up, that's it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I do have trademarks, but I was not able to patent Beauty Blender because of some of the mistakes he kind of did. Okay. And that's why today you'll see a lot of knockoffs in the market. And you Girl, know, first, can I just I, say, let me get in there real quick. <laughs> I went the other day because, honey, doing quarantine, girl, I had, you know I had to get your nails taken off. So I went oh, yeah. for acetone. And girl, why did I go? And I saw seven different kind of knockoff beauty blenders. And I was like, you little haters, look at all y'all copying off my girlfriend. Well, she's the OG, okay? She's the OG. Y'all just, y'all, all y'all, y'all just, y'all imitators, okay? But you know, hey, I'd say this to people out there in life, honey, if you don't have them copying your brand, then you ain't doing something right. So Rian, you did something right. And everybody knows that if you want the OG, the original, the best quality, get your beauty blender, right? Absolutely. The beauty blender is the category creator. And if you know anything about inventing, you want to be the at the top of the food chain. You want to be the right. category creator because then everything that falls after you falls below you. Okay. Uh, and I yeah. realized- Wait, Say that one more time. That was real good. Say that again. Yeah. Ev- you want to be the category creator because yes. everything that falls after you, when uh-huh. you, when you- Post that flag on top of that hill, Boom. and that, and you say, "I'm taking, you know, I'm taking possession of this category creation position." Everything that comes after you that is a is a copy can never be you. They fall below Boom. you. Okay, so let yeah. me tell y'all where Miss Rianne Silver Honey went. Beauty Blender went to the top of the hill. Okay, Rianne <laughs> had a hundred and seventy five million in sales for the year 2019, okay? She's had over 325,000 YouTube videos done. She has now created over 20 products with Beauty Blender, okay, y'all? So when I'm telling y'all my girl went to the top of that hill, you put a flag up there, girl. Yeah, thank you. But once you you put that flag up there, you kind of have to... (laughs) You know, now, now my job is protecting the flag, right? So it's, it's my job now to let people know that although there are these, I call them fans that like to emulate Beauty Blender, um, they're, they are different from Beauty Blender. Our material is different. We're made in a medical laboratory. We are made, you know, medically compliant, very hygienic. Um, I've created the world's first brush and sponge cleanser to keep your sponge 99. 0.7% 0.7% free of harmful germs and bacteria and even mm-hmm. viruses. Yeah. Um, so there's all these things, all these other uh, ideas and other things that I'm working on all the time to, to keep that position very clear and separate from everybody that falls below. And, you know, you can spend less money and get a copycat, but you're going to be spending more money because you're gonna have to buy more of them mm-hmm. and there's just all these other things but my time is, on your face yeah my time is not <laughs> devoted anymore to like being freaked out because more people are copying me and it just makes me realize how people don't have original ideas 
Yeah, um, agreed. I, I just spend my time trying to protect the flag all the time. I love it. So now let's talk. Okay, y'all, Uber successful. Things are going great. But with becoming Uber successful, there's always your haters and some difficulties. What difficulties did you experience? No, you know, we don't keep it real. Let people know. Because, you <laughs> yeah, know, no, I love like with me. People like even me, like with my hairline, I'll never forget that when I started the Vivica Fox hair collection that people tease me and oh my God, now she's selling wigs, not realizing that I had tapped into something. Now they all trying to do it. And oh, so yeah. this, that, and the third, what were your difficulties that you ran into in creating and becoming so successful with Beauty Blender? Well, I have to say, honestly, with Beauty Blender, my sponge, Mm-hmm. That business grew so organically because it was such a foolproof product and it was a, a growth that was very organic because my makeup artist peers would use it and other people would see them use it and then they wanted to use it. So it was like I enjoyed this really cushy white space for about 10 years where Beauty Blender was just, you know, I was doubling and tripling every year, just like things were great. And so finally, when I finally got to like a saturation point where I felt like, okay, it's time I can like sit back for a second, take a breath and reassess the dream. Like Mm -hmm. what is it that I want to do? Because you started Beauty Blender in 2008, correct? um, That's when I started it the creation of it, like three to four years before that. But okay, that's but how long it took it to come to market. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. So it's been on the market now. Like makeup artists had been starting to use it already because I'd be giving them ones to try, mm-hmm. but it actually hit retail around that time. Yeah. But when I finally got to the space and wanted to reassess, okay, so where am I going from here? Mm-hmm. It, it, I, I went back into being a makeup artist and it was like, I, okay, I stopped being a CEO and growing this business, but now where do I want to go? Well, I always wanted to do makeup and I knew that I always had this success in my career with complexion and especially complexion of women of color. I'm Latina. My kids are black. They're Afro-Latina. My husband's black. You know, I, all of my clients have been the most amazing, gorgeous black women and men and I had this very kind of specific talent to be able to create and color match for them. And at the time that I was working as a makeup artist, and I think you know this too, Viv, it was like that skill wasn't really valued. It was Mm -hmm. like, you know, whatever. Um, I'm so happy to say that things have changed now. Um, thanks. Thanks to like Rihanna, who, by the way, stole my name. Um, (gasps) just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, But I am older than her. Um, but no, and, and she's lovely. I actually work with her. I'm, I say that just to get a mind. I really do. I like, I like to see. We love Rihanna y'all. Okay. Just so you know. We do. I love her. And I'm right over here. Okay. Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm thanking I'm thanking her right now because she created Fenty, which brought attention to corporate you know, American, yes. corporate America, the cosmetic titans finally paid attention yep. to color range. And so when she created Fenty, she created 40 shades of foundation. And that was um, for the first time to the consumer, not necessarily the professional, but to the consumer, it was a very welcomed and deserved, um, you know, kind of success that she got for doing that. Because you had haters that said you weren't. Well, well, yeah, what I'm saying is so then when, when I decided that my next move was to go back into makeup artistry and create a foundation line, I created 40 shades as well, because that became the standard. But then we didn't realize 
<laughs> and of course you work together with your retailers. So my makeup is called Bounce Liquid Whip Foundation. It's amazing. Yes. I've gotten awards for my packaging. <gasps> Can't it's wait a, to tell them about that. We're going to talk about yeah, that. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, wait, wait. I mean, yeah. it's it's awesome. And the, fa- the formulation is exquisite. Um, however, when you work, part of what you learn in business, when you're working with a retailer like Sephora, you need to listen to them because mm-hmm. they know what's going on under their roof and under their universe. So at the time, we didn't have the kind of space that Fenty has. You know, Fenty is created by a company that's very close to Sephora. And of course, Rihanna is a huge, huge, huge star. Yes. And so when she enters a store like Sephora, they're going to give her a lot of space to do her thing because they know that there's going to be a lot of success. The more space, the more product they sell. Yep. And although Beauty Blender was like ranking in the single digits under all of the products in Sephora, because we were a tool, we had probably a quarter of the space right. that, um, that she had. So instead of launching all 40 of my shades at one time, I launched 32. And honey, the trolls came a calling. Really? And this is when, yes, this is when I realized that my coming from the era of makeup artistry where you don't talk about yourself, you don't take pictures and you don't get autographs. Everything in the world had changed because between then and now, the internet exploded, Instagram exploded, YouTube exploded, Snapchat, all of these platforms, selfies were normal. Actors and actresses were trading services for followers with makeup artists. Like Mm. everything changed in the industry. And what I realized is that I because I had that cushy space with Beauty Blender being an organic brand and I didn't have to do a lot of self-promotion. I hadn't spent enough time talking about who I was and what my career was about to the people out in the the webosphere, right? Mm -hmm. You know, in the internet. And so when Bounce came out, nobody really knew what my expertise was. And that was my biggest lesson. When you talk about like, what is the biggest thing? I think you, what did you just ask me? What was the biggest? What was the most difficult thing? So you had yeah. your haters, you had your yeah. haters that talked about, oh, you I didn't create never, the shades for us. Yeah, you, I had right. never received, I mean, and it was so ironic because here my my family looks like a Benetton ad. I mean, <laughs> they do. It's so beautiful. My family is like the the rainbow, and you know, to say I was non-exclusive, people were calling me racist. You know, <gasps> the, the, the cancel culture was out there saying never buy another beauty blender. Oh never my gosh. Oh, girl, the hate is the real. Haters. I think I called you. You helped me so much. I did. I did. I did a post for yeah. you on my Instagram page yes, because did. I knew I knew you weren't a racist. And oh my I, god! And it also, I mean, it's like, come on, Rianne, are you kidding me? That's the bomb. That so is the most. That is the most fake news out there. Okay, I know that's right. And you had your daughter Erica, who, as you yes. said, is Afro Latina. Um, yes. She was the face of Beauty Blender, right? Yeah, she's the face of Beauty Blender. She actually, aside from all the retailers, we have a great broadcast business too. We do HSN and QVC. Yes! You can can find her on HSN. Um, She is the host of all of our Beauty Blender shows. I go on there when we first launch a product, but then she goes and does all the shows. Mm -hmm. Um, So, And she's also, she started my whole... um, Instagram kind of videos. Like she was the face and of the videos and, and also creating the content. She was also doing the, she still does 
the on-screen makeup tutorials. And she's just like the greatest beauty ambassador for Beauty Blender because her DNA is in the product, right? It's like I gave birth to the perfect person. <laughs> Agreed. If I could just get my son to, to, to sign on, he's like, there's no business for me. I'm a straight Aww. man. There's no business in makeup. I'm like, honey, the straight men in the cosmetic industry make all the money. You need to rethink that. Okay, so take him to school about that, okay? I tr- I'm trying. He's in Howard doing his art and sciences. Right? I love it. When I read this, Rianne, I just was over the moon. You are now a- being honored at the Smithsonian. Yeah. Girl. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? What, first so of all, crazy. what's the award? Tell everybody about it. Congratulations. This is okay. awesome. Yeah, so... Uh, end of 2019, like last quarter of 2019, I get this email from this woman named Crystal at the Smithsonian. And, you know, it was like, you know, you look at your emails and you're like, oh, the Smithsonian. I don't think I'm a member. Like, why is the Smithsonian (laughs) contacting me? So I open up the email and she proceeds to, you know, introduce herself and um, explain the project that she's working on. And it's, uh, the project is uh, an exhibit that they're doing at the Smithsonian uh, for women's suffrage. And um, if you don't know what that is, it's about, you know, women that are um, influential to other women in changing history about women's rights and voting and also, you know, honoring women that have contributed to the culture and changed the lives for other people in a positive way. And so I kept reading and she's, you know, reading down and I'm like, okay, okay, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. Amazing. Oh, my son, my son's going to be at Howard. Maybe we can go visit the, the exhibit when, when I go see him. And then she says, and we would like to honor you as a female inventor. Um, and, you know, she went on to proceed, you know, proceeded to say like what it entails and everything. But I think I just stood there for like five minutes going, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Like I'm going to be in the damn Smithsonian. In the Smithsonian? This is, this is crazy. And so, you know, time moves forward and I actually speak to the, the woman, um, on the phone and she's, Lovely. And of course, wanting to ask me a lot of questions about my business because they need a lot of information about you if you ever get honored enough to be in an exhibit at the Smithsonian. But um, basically, she told me I was the only uh, woman of color Wow! Uh, in the beauty industry that they were honoring. And I was like, well, are you kidding me? Like in my mind, I'm thinking of like so many women, right? And I was like, Wow. And she said, yes, but I did my research and I'm honoring you because you've changed the way women put makeup on their face and you changed the ease in which everybody can do it. And I thought, oh my God, I hear people telling me that, but I, you know, I'm kind of like, I don't believe the hype all the time. You know, I worked in the entertainment industry, as you know, for a long time. And people say a lot of things and you get like, you get a veneer of like, I don't really believe this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're talking shit. You're hyping me up, whatever. I got to stay focused and just, you know, not not believe the hype, right? Okay. Um, But when she was telling me that, I was like, oh my God, they really think that. I mean, yeah. So unfortunately, um, because of 
COVID-19. Um, this month yes. was supposed to be the exhibit open and the big party and everything. Oh, no that way. And it's, yes. it's, it's in D.C. so that, you know, so that yeah. people can get this, that it's in D.C. So you're going to have, when this does open back up, you're going to have a display in the Smithsonian or you, so you get for the light and then a yes. display? Yes, for, you, you know, the Smithsonian has rotating exhibits every year. They curate different exhibits. And so for the women's suffrage exhibit, I will have a space in there. There's seven other women that are being honored, by the way. But I think there's only two of us that are still alive. So I didn't realize that, too. I thought they were picking modern women of all the ages. But this goes back, like, she she did her research not just for, like, you know, the 2000s or, you know, for the last 20 years, she went back. Like the first woman that created the frozen dinner was an African-American woman in Chicago. And like the, the, the crazy ways that she found these people. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I, I don't know when it's going to be, but you are in an exhibit. You are in an exhibit during that time. And then after your exhibit is finished, then you live on digitally with the Smithsonian. Oh, um, and mystery. For, I know for, forever. Like, like my grandbaby, Irie Jane is going to always be able to say my grandma was, you know, is in the, in the Smithsonian. Congratulations. Thank you. I, I mean, Brianne, like, I, I can't even tell you. I am just so happy and so thrilled for you because like I said, you're just an amazing people. Can I let Tess tell y'all something too? Rianne throws the best parties, gives the best gifts. She is just all that in a bag of chips. She's not selfish. Oh. And you're just, I, I, I can't even explain to you just how thrilled and happy I am for you. But before we oh go. God, thank you so much. Welcome, love. I want you to, you know, before we go, I, I just, you know, to upcoming makeup artists you know, that are wanting to do more than just makeup. I mean, I'm just so glad that you are an excellent representation of taking makeup and just making dreams come true. So um, what what's the best advice that you received along this journey that you've had? Oh, thank you for that, Viv. Thank you so much. Um, the best advice I've received, um, you know, I think, I've received so much advice and, and I don't know how I could actually say one was the most important because they're all important. Mm -hmm. And I will just say that being generous with your knowledge is very important to a young entrepreneur. Um, You know, sometimes we live in these boxes where like in, you know, again, I I can only refer back to what I know as the entertainment industry. A lot of times people don't want to share secrets or how they do things in my industry and hair, makeup, wardrobe, you know, and I think that um, there's enough space out here for everybody. So sharing and being able to pass on um, resources and people that are helpful along the way is really, really important to a young entrepreneur because, you know, the, the good news is, is that we live in the digital world now where we have the internet and everything is available to everybody. You just have to know how to shop, how to find and how to qualify the people that you're looking for. And the best way to do that is through the suggestion of another person who's had a good experience with that person that you're, you're referring to. So, you know, getting referrals to me was everything because I think one of the things I learned early on as a makeup artist, because, you know, I'm not going to lie, I faked it till I could make it. 
you know, like, yes. I would take jobs sometime and be like, yeah, I know how to do that. But then I would, uh-huh. you know, let me hire an assistant that knows how to do it. And I'll make sure they get paid. And in the meantime, yes. it'll be a masterclass for me. Exactly. Well, I'm going to tell you for me, I want the best, one of the best advice I've ever, and I didn't get it personally from her, was from Oprah Winfrey when she said, baby, check your books, sign your own checks. Yes. Sort of. <laughs> Yes, me too. Me too. I learned that lesson. That's another good lesson. That's yes. right. I think I talked about that. Yes, it is true. Because you, nobody but you is responsible. So, okay. you know, you sign your checks, you realize where everything is going. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes yes, it's, it is. Sometimes it's a pain in the ass. But trust me, you only have to learn that lesson one time to not realize or to realize how important it is to all of our people out there that are building your brand and your brand starts growing and you start becoming successful make sure you check your books and you sign your checks okay don't don't take a moment to sit down and do that or at least if you got somebody that doesn't you you make sure you say send me that monthly statement right yeah, I think I think your podcast <laughs> your podcast name says it all. You have to hustle, honey. Okay. You, you know, things aren't going to come chase you and find you. You've got to do the hustle. You got to do the due diligence. You've got to you've got to have the focus and the dream. Nobody's going to do it for you. Absolutely. You have to stay on course. If you want your business to become successful, you can't get distracted by a whole bunch of different stuff that's going on. It's like stay focused. Make sure you take care of your business. Okay, that leads us to today's hustle hack. Hashtag stay on course. Darlings, it's important to stay on course with your idea, even if it's every single day. Life is busy. I know it is. It's busy, but it's important to stay focused. Otherwise, outside distractions can diminish your success. Stay focused. Stay on course. All right? Rianne, oh my gosh, thank you so much, darling. I so appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Viv. Tell everyone where they can find you and your fabulous product, Beauty Blender. Yeah, social media, we're Beauty Blender. And you can see, uh, the you know, it's the official one with a pink egg symbol. <laughs> um, you, can, you can find all of our products on beautyblender.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find us at Sephora.com. You can find us at Ulta.com. You can find us on HSN.com or yes. yes. You on Amazon.com. Yes. Okay, y'all. This woman is everywhere with Beauty Blender. And matter of fact, it's an international uh, brand, right? Yeah, global. Yeah, global. global. Okay, global, y'all. Okay. 46 countries. 46 yeah. countries. Okay, y'all. Y'all can find your girl Vivica Fox on Instagram. I'm at Miss V Fox. On Twitter, I'm at Miss Vivica Fox. We have a new Instagram page and it's at Vivica Hustling. Subscribe, download, and listen to Hustling with your girl Vivica A Fox now. And also follow us on social media. Hashtag Vivica's Hustling. Until next time, darlings. Bye for now. Mwah.